coming to you from the My Little Falls studio here in beautiful Little Falls, New York. It's your host, Scott Kinville, and another episode of Marty's Illegal Stick. Hey, what's up, hockey fans, and welcome to episode number 31 of Marty's Illegal Stick being recorded here on June 23rd, 2021. You know, when I was coming up with the outline, and I realized, I'm like, wow, we're on number 31, two names came to mind. And I'm going to hit you with the guys right off the bat. Billy Smith and Grant Fuhr. First names that popped into my head. So I'm going to just give you a little food for thought, and I want you to think about it. Which one in their prime would you rather have? And while you're thinking about that, I'm going to bring in the panel. Because we were just joking about that. So anyways. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, how do you like that? (laughs) Good segue, so, good yeah, segue. You know? <laughs> so anyways, uh, no Gumper again this week. Uh, Gumper is actually sick. He showed up at my house because, you know, he always rides over with me, and he's coughing and hacking. I go, what's the matter with you? He's like, oh, I think I got a cold. I'm like, well, what are you doing here, you know? And he goes, well, I, I missed last week. I said, well, you're missing this week, too, because I don't want whatever it is, disease you've got. And I'm sure Dave doesn't want it either, so. No, don't want anything to do with it. So, so Gumper's on IL this week. That's a... <laughs> So hopefully he'll be recovered for next week. But in the meantime, for my in-studio co-host, once again, pinch hinting for Gumper, is our producer, Dave the Save Warner. How are you, Dave? I'm great. You know, and the one thing I can do is, on the question of the week, I can keep his streak alive. I'm sure you can. <laughs> I'm sure you can. You're going to have to explain this to Mark. I'm going to, well, I'm, gonna, I'm keeping an eye on your phone is what I'm doing. So. <laughs> yeah. I have a habit, Mark, of looking up the question on my phone yeah. at a time and acting like I know hockey. <laughs> That's okay. just going to be in sneaky okay. with that thing. <laughs> oh, man. So, anyways, uh, also joining us, as always, our regular co-host, it is the professor himself, Mr. Jeremy Roberts. What's going on, Jeremy? Nothing much, Scotty. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. And you know what? I tell you, I give you all the credit in the world, pal. You are such a Boy. sport. You've kept that sign on that wall. I, you know, I have to now. It's, it's, <laughs> it's legendary. It's ingrained into the show. I have to. I, I, you know, I, you I notice saw it, he, and I'm going, he, do he, I take it down? I'm like, nah, I'm not going to take it down. You notice what he did? Sure he, he put, he put the, Mark doesn't, he, Mark can't see what it is, but, you know, he put the light on it. It was on. Yeah. It was off at first. Yeah. Now he's put it, he wants yep. to highlight it. So yeah, I want to highlight it. Yeah, you know what though, markets the little things. Yeah, and we'll just leave it at that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. You know, you, yeah, you roll, you like, roll with the punches so well, man. Yeah. I give you so much yeah, credit. I, I, I have to, you know. <laughs> I, I, you know, it was a, it was a long weekend out in Buffalo for the Battle of Buffalo this weekend. So uh, it was. Uh, it's time to enjoy the little things. Right oh, now. you were in Buffalo, huh? Hell yeah, yeah. Yeah. Did you get to the Anchor Bar? Uh, did not. Did go to Duff's though. Oh, well, hey, there what, you go. What, what, Duff's, Duff's was um, less than a block away from the arena that we play, we played at, and uh, I just could not go anywhere else. Beautiful. <laughs> Beautiful. I'm glad to hear it. You're making me proud, bud. Making me proud. <laughs> also joining us in a co-hosting capacity this time, we had so much fun the last time he was on the show, I asked him to come back and, and, and enjoy some more hockey fun with us. It's the one and the only Mr. Dom Real. Dom, what's happening? Oh, wow. I don't know if I can live up to that introduction, but I'll go ahead and take it. <laughs> <laughs> nothing, nothing. Thank you for having me. I think today is going to be a good one. Uh, this is one of my favorite guests of my show of all time, so I'm glad you asked me to join you. All right. Well, hey, I'm, I'm glad you're aboard for the ride, bud. So let's get Absolutely. going. <laughs> Our guest this week is uh, a Whitesboro high, high School hockey standout. Uh, made us incredibly proud from this area. 
Um, also a former NHLer, uh, played over in Europe, and he's also currently a scout for the Minnesota Wild. I want to bring in Mr. Mark Mowers. Mark, thanks for coming on. We appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it as well. It's uh, it's always good to, to talk hockey with some, you know, I can't say local folks anymore because I haven't, I haven't lived there, I guess, for a long time. Lucky but, you. Um, I know where I know where my roots I know where my roots were and uh, they always will be and I love talking hockey with you guys. You know, once a Central New Yorker, always a Central New Yorker. You'll never get it out of your blood. You got it. Good, bad, you or otherwise. That's right. That's right. I'll take it. Yeah. Right. There you go. So uh, obviously, like I just said, you uh, you pretty much started it off at uh, Whitesboro High School, um, and obviously, I'm sure you played youth hockey before that. So. Because we are the, the, we call ourselves anyway, the podcast of Central New York Hockey, um, who were some of your bigger influences at that time, particular time? Oh, man. I, you know, my parents, obviously, um, they were a big part of it, mainly because they just gave me opportunity to play. Um, they never pushed me to play. They just, I just always went out and had fun. But there were, there were a couple of coaches I had to um, in youth hockey that actually, I don't know. They just, they, they pushed the right buttons and showed me the way and taught me the right way. And I don't know, it just, uh, ingrained like a, a desire to, to play as long as I possibly could. And the, the, the one, the one coach that, uh, that I, I have to mention his name is Chris Roller. And he used to, he used to coach at Notre Dame high school, I believe. Uh, but he was my youth, youth hockey coach. And, um, he's had some health issues of late, but, um, I definitely need to mention his name because he was a big influence um, as far as locally. I mean, if you're talking about, you know, NHL guys that, that, that I watched, you know, that was, I was all Gretzky at that time. And um, he was a guy that, uh, I mean, how could you not like him? I know, right? You know, once I think, once he got to St. Louis though, I was done chasing him. I, I changed, I think I changed favorite players. I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't handle it anymore. So. <laughs> well, he was only there for a few months though. <laughs> I know, but come on. Oh, those sweaters are sick, though. Come on. LA. And, no, I mean, it's I, like I know. chasing like a Joe Montana to Kansas City. So, I mean, it's, yeah. you just can't do it. It just didn't fit. Didn't yeah, fit. Didn't work. But... Didn't work. <laughs> I know, right? It was just it was just so weird seeing him with the Blues. Yeah. I agree. You know, of all the teams, they're like, wait a minute, the Blues? Huh? Mm-hmm. But, you know, people don't realize just how good that Blues team was that he went to. It was loaded. It, nope, it really was. And it's just uh, – too bad for them. They ran into the Detroit buzzsaw. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's a reason why he went there, right? He was trying to win, and he, he went to a good team. It just just didn't work out. But like I said, I didn't even pay attension to him. So he was out. He was out. I picked someone new. I think it was pa- I went down to Pavel Bure. I think it was my next Ooh. guy. That I, that I okay. Not a bad choice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So just uh, just to finish up with the, the high school end of it, so, I mean, obviously high school hockey is pretty big around here. I mean, you know, everybody enjoys it. And mm-hmm. so any big rivalries you can uh, remember, any particular players or teams or Whitesboro now, I'm yeah. imagining you're probably going to say New Hartford, right? Yeah, it's <laughs> guarantee, yeah. I mean, as, as, it, as I got to be a senior – uh, you know, I don't know if there's any New Hartford alums on here, but uh, New Hartford's we you know we took care, we took care of them pretty easily. I think my junior senior year. So then it became Rome. <laughs> it became Rome. I think it was Rome Free Academy at that time. Yeah. RCH was was gone. Maybe I, I don't know. But uh, but you're right. I, you know, through the years and um, guys like Scotty Usmel and Mark Coteri, those were two of my biggest rivals. In Clinton, it was Jeremy Lapata. He was a forward that could really skate and score. So. Those are three names that come to mind, but you're right. New Hartford was always, um, I don't want to say it was a bloodbath, but there was definitely a lot of hatred. And um, those those buildings, as, as small as they were, I mean, I, 
I go back. I've gone back and watched a few games of late, and just I don't know. You know, as big as uh, you uh, you know high school hockey is or was in, in upstate New York, it seems like it's dipped a little bit. But those the times that I had back then, and that was one of the reasons I didn't leave. I didn't leave public high school to go play junior a year early, I think, because I enjoyed it so much and had good friends, and the atmosphere really was it was it was unbelievable. Did you have that option to to leave early if you wanted to? There was a there was a point after my junior year that I got approached by I think I don't even know what it was at the time. I was just I didn't even think about it to be honest with you. I was there was no way I was leaving my friends and there was no way I was leaving high it just wasn't an option. Um, and then after my senior year I got invited to a couple camps and and then one thing led to another. I ended up on a junior team uh, in Michigan, but um, for me it wasn't an option at the time. I just I, I think I've had this this talk with Dom already about just I wasn't thinking about college. I wasn't thinking about anything really. I just wanted to play high school hockey, and I was having a good time doing it. I, uh, it's actually interesting you bring that up, Mark. I'm just, good, just from talking to all the college kids that I've talked to, and maybe you've had a similar conversation or not. But you mentioned how there's kind of been a big dip, especially in the state of New York, when it comes to high school hockey. Do you think the emergence of how many juniors leagues that there are in America now? Do you think that plays a factor? Because almost every college kid you talk to nowadays, they they just left high school and yeah. played juniors. Yeah, and New York's no, or uh, Massachusetts is no different than New York, and I think really the only state that's kind of hanging on a little bit, or for the most part, is Minnesota. Um, they still have it going pretty strong out there, but corporate America, corporate hockey is is infiltrating, and that's basically what's happened. It's all about the money, and and you know, I I get mad to be honest with you when I think about they're destroying that, they're destroying rivalries. I mean, they're friends they go play for these junior leagues, these junior teams, and they don't have people going to watch their games. Right. It's, it, there's no, there's no pride. It's all about getting to the next level. And, and the parents, it's all about their investment, what they're putting into it. And their expectations are, what am I getting back? And then it becomes, you know, then they're chasing teams all over the place. And it's just, it's a disaster. And I, I don't know if it can ever go back. Right. Um, I hope it does, but it's, it's out in Massachusetts. It's the same way. And it, Frankly, it disgusts me because it just—it's all it is about—is getting to the next level, and, and I don't know. For me, it was the wrong approach. We're uh, we're missing out on that local uh, Mowers Kateri rivalry, you know. Exactly. <laughs> no, but, uh, oh man, what a show that would have been for the local hockey fans. Good God. <laughs> oh man, you know I should have asked him to come on. What was I thinking? Well. We'll have to do it again. I was just going to say, we can arrange for that. Don't worry. If you got the time, I'm sure we can make the time. Don't worry about that. He'll, yeah, he'll no. be sure to squeak in how he still has the local scoring record. Don't you worry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure we'll hear. I'm sure we'll hear all about it as soon as he comes on, too. And there you go. There's your other. There's your other. Um, uh, player for your your uh, men's league game, so there you go. Each, each yeah. Game one. Yeah. <laughs> what a show! Yeah. Now that probably get more people mission. in there than ever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> forget the non. Forget about the uh, the no contact league. It would just go yeah. uh, contact real quick, wouldn't it? <laughs> oh, <laughs> just man. turn your head. Just turn your head. It's okay. <laughs> These guys know what they're doing. They can do it. Go ahead. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> So we are old, you know. We are getting older. It's not like we, you know. <laughs> well, just to put it in perspective, I mean, I, I think you and I are the same age. I'm going to be 47 next month, and you're. So I'm older than you. I'm so, older than you. But not by not by much, though. Wow. Yeah, I just turned in in February, so. And you've got more hair than I got, so I'm really. I, jealous. I was just going to say he looks a lot younger than. <laughs> yeah, you. no kidding. 
Compared to him, I look like I'm 67. What are you talking about? He, he looks like a young guy. I, I, I thought he was like 30 or something like that. Jeez. Are you hitting on me? Are you hitting no, on yeah. me? I am, buddy. <laughs> Old man, young man. Do it. I'm well, just, I'm I'm serious question, Mike. You, uh, when you reached up to pretend like you were going to pull out your hair, you kind of flashed a little biceps. Are you hitting the gym yeah. a lot there, bud? I was looking at that going, lamb, man, looking good there. There he goes again. Yeah, wow. Yeah, another hit. <laughs> it, hits keep going on coming, Scott. Jeez. I feel responsible for this. I'm sorry. No, oh, it's okay. It's okay. I was going to make a joke and just say I could pull the hair off, but uh, I know I go in. I go in phases, and uh, right now I'm in a good phase of. Um, I, I mean, I, I've, I've worked out my whole life, but um, there's some downtime when I just get sick of it. But uh, the last couple of months, I don't know. I've been going crazy, and it's been routine in the morning, and I feel good. So, good. Hopefully, that men's league game is coming soon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're definitely gonna have to get a mark goal mark now. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> So you got out of high school and you went to the the juniors. Obviously, it was the American junior teams like we were just talking about. And you did yep. that for two years, I believe. And yep. then you went to the University of New Hampshire. Uh, question, because, I mean, I, I obviously you see like with uh, like baseball, I'm going to start uh, basketball, football. You know, a lot of players will come out of high school and go right to college. Yeah. So yep. explain that, how you went to the junior first and then ended up going to college. Um, so back then it was, what was it? 92 that I graduated. It's a little different than it was, than it is now. Mm-hmm. Um, but real, so back then you could use it as a stepping stone basically to get into college. And, and once again, even when I went to Saginaw, Michigan for my first junior team, like I was just going to extend my career really, or whatever you want to call it. I just wanted to play as long as I could. And people were like, just go play. You never know what's going to happen. Um, but nowadays jump nowadays kids are, Kids are accepting scholarships at 16, 17, and now they use that those junior leagues more often than not um, is like development years. So you'll already be committed to a college, and they'll use these as years to get stronger and and hopefully get better. And then you jump to college when you're 20. So, but back to you know what I did, I went to Saginaw. Um, had a good year, surprisingly, I guess, to, to many. And at the end of the year, I had one offer, I think, to go to Ferris State on a like a two-year, two out of four scholarship, so, something like that. And um, so at that, and then I had agents calling me and this and that, and um, you know, they were like, "Don't accept that. Like, you got another year." So that then I went over to Dubuque and played another year, and then things just kind of exploded and, and from there. Like, like I developed late, I physically developed late, and and everything kind of just fell into place. So. Um, two months into that year, I think I had, you know, 10 or 12 schools reaching out and I picked four or five to go visit. And, um, I loved UNH and that's the end of the story as, as far as that's concerned, the, the junior part of it. So what was it in particular about UNH that you loved? Uh, well, I, I you know what, I, I went to North Dakota, Minnesota, Duluth. I went to Providence, Bowling Green and UNH and, in my mind, I, I wanted to come back east just so my parents could see me play more often. And um, so it kind of eliminated those other schools. But Minnesota Duluth, I, I absolutely love, to be honest. Um, but as far as UNH, I, don't, it's, I think being close to the ocean and just having water and you take, a, you take this small little bridge to get over from Portsmouth, New Hampshire, mm-hmm. kind of going into Durham, New Hampshire. And it just had the old school, the brick buildings, and it just – I don't know, small, it's big. It was a big school as far as students, like 12,000, but it's, it felt like a small little college town. And, and for me, it just, it was the, it was a, 
it was a great decision then, and it was when I was there too. And after I left, no regrets at all. It just was a perfect fit. Oh, and that's beautiful country out there too. It, it yeah. really is, yeah. especially in the fall. Mm-hmm. For, for sure. Absolutely. And they were getting a new, you know, part of it too, they were getting a new arena that wasn't going to be done the first year. So my freshman year, I had to play in this small little, um, like youth hockey rink, kind of like JFK in Rome, really. And, uh, so it was a little sacrifice there, but I knew the new rink was coming in for my sophomore year and, and it was, uh, it was quite the experience the first year. So it was great. Yeah, it was like that catch-up. Good things come to those who wait, right? There you go. There you go. It's the little things. Yeah, there you go. Bam! Blunder right in. I love it. Yeah, all right. right. I love it. That's awesome. Oh, man. Well, oh, no, you had a Dale's gonna Dale's gonna catch it for that. So, but you had a fantastic career at UNH. You were a rookie of the year for Hockey East, and I believe it was 1995, correct? Yep. And then yep. you were a, a finalist for the Hobie Baker Award in '98. So, once that was all done, you're probably, I'm sure, looking at the NHL, thinking that you know. Yeah. So, I mean, that's kind of what I'm saying, right? I mean, that's... Yeah, like, even though I had agents, like, calling me a little bit early on when I was in junior, I never really signed on with anybody, and nobody really showed a ton of interest. And um, even when I went to school, I kind of, you know, I went with the same mentality that I I just wanted to go and play. And and like you said, things just kind of, they just kind of happened. You know, I had a great great, uh, freshman season, get a rookie of the year, um, then I start getting a few calls from some agents, but even still nothing, I guess point being, I, I, even after my freshman, sophomore year, I just, I still thought I was just going to play college hockey. I was not thinking about professional hockey one bit. Um, it wasn't until my junior year where it, that's where I was getting a little more pressure from agents and, and, uh, to sign with them. And they're like, listen, you're going to be able to play pro hockey at some point. And, and, um, so that were, then it kind of came into my mind and maybe a little bit after my junior year, there was some chatter that I could leave. But once again, it, it kind of reminded me as when I was with Whitesboro that like it wasn't, I wasn't entertaining it to be honest, because it, you know, at UNH and at the college atmosphere, like all I wanted to do was win. I wanted to win so bad. They've never won a they've never won a title there, and we got we got close my senior year, but you know we didn't we didn't get it done. But point being, I I was going to play the thing out anyways, even though I was an older I guess an older rookie going into pro hockey at 24. It didn't really bother me one bit. I just um, I wanted to win, and we had a good chance of winning my senior year, so went back and gave it a good shot. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, because that was kind of what I was leading into. Were you actually, after being a finalist for the Hobie Baker, were you surprised that you weren't drafted? Uh, not really, because, uh, you know, back to your original comment about, like, how other sports, they get drafted, you know, when they're 17 or, you know, or they get drafted after uh, they're done playing, right, in college, a lot of them. Sorry, not 17. They get drafted when they're 21, 22, where hockey is different. You get drafted when you're – 17, 18, sometimes 19. So it's a completely different time frame, and it's a different way of – a lot of kids don't turn pro till they're 20, 21. So to answer your question, I was, you know, I was five foot nothing, 130 nothing, you know. So I, when I was 17 years old, I didn't have a chance. You know, I didn't have a prayer of getting drafted. So it wasn't even something I looked back and, and was disappointed about. Like it wasn't – I wasn't thinking about it at the time, and, and looking back there – I wasn't supposed to be drafted at that time. I just developed late and, and was able to have a career out of it um, as a free agent. 
That's cool, though, because, I mean, that you did end up getting signed by Nashville. Was there any other teams that were in the mix for your services at that particular time? Yeah, so it was, it was Edmonton and Nashville were the two teams that I kind of had to pick between. And, um, you know, once again, I never look back and regret making decisions and things happen for a reason. Uh, if I Maybe if I had to do it over again, I, I probably would have went the Edmonton route. Um, only. <laughs> <Dom>. <laughs> I just, I, 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 you can't, no, you can't I, tell what he was thinking. Well, I'm thinking, this is what I'm thinking. This is me. If I was a young Mark Myers, I just figured like you're on a Bogretzky fan, especially, you know, this yeah. is only granted he wasn't there anymore, but it's like not far removed from the Gretzky Oilers. You know what I mean? So yeah. for me, but that's just my impulsive. I'm an impulsive. You're much more uh, relaxed and intelligent than I am. So no. <laughs> you know what the funniest part was? Watching Dow, I couldn't tell if he had to sneeze or his head was going to explode. I was, <laughs> <laughs> well, I think the first time I had you on, because I was pretty sure, because I, I remember thinking, I was like, you know, this, when you were like, when you were younger, I figured you were an Oilers fan. So I think I wore my McDavid jersey when I had you on the podcast. Yeah, I can't you remember. did. Yeah, you yeah. did. You did. <laughs> I, you know what? I, I wish, you know, I wish I would have went with my heart, but in the end I, I was, it was, for me, it was more about opportunity and I was got to play thinking, for Barry Trotz. You know, I was, yeah. And it was the yeah. first year of the expansion team. Right. So I'm like, how much better could it be for opportunity than going to an expansion team? They have no, you know, they're getting players from a draft, but there are a lot of players the teams don't want and they're maybe at the end of their career. So that was how I based it off of um, now looking back, Edmonton actually gave college kids from 98 until 2008, like tons of opportunity, tons of opportunity. So that's why I was talking about like, if I maybe would have done a little more research about, you know, college kids at, in Edmonton, it, maybe it would have swayed me the other way, but that was actually my agent's job. It, my agent's job, so he screwed up. But uh, <laughs> Hey, Nashville's an unreal town though. So it must've been a blast down there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'll leave it right at that. Uh, I was just yeah. going to say the winters are going to be a lot better there anyway. Yeah, oh, man. <laughs> the winters, the springs, the summers, doesn't matter. If you haven't been there, you got to put awesome. it on the bucket list because it's a place, you know, it's kind of like Vegas of the East right now, to be honest. It's, right. Uh, it is really, it is booming. I wish I would have bought a condo when I was down there, whatever, 15, 20 years ago, because it's, you can't get a place down there now, but it's. Yeah. What a town. What a town. Awesome. <laughs> so I've heard, awesome. and just out of curiosity, because you've mentioned your agent, who was your agent? His name is Kurt Overhart. Okay. And the only yeah. reason I ask yeah. is we had Tom Laidlaw on, and he was a player agent. So I was yeah. just kind of wondering if that was there was a connection there. I was just fishing. No, I, yeah. I met Tom. I just met Tom uh, maybe two summers ago. We did a charity game, uh, like a Bruins alumni versus a Rangers alumni, and he played in it. We had a good time and had a few beers after. What a good guy. Good guy. <laughs> He's awesome. I mean, he was he was on. What a, what a, what a character! He, yeah. he really yeah. is. You know. And he and he did the. Uh, he was on the. Uh, what's it called? The. Uh, the show where they Survivor. gotta survive. Yeah. Yes. There you go. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> the show where they gotta survive. Yeah. 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 Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> called the uh, Baton Death yeah. March. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Don't worry, Dave. The same is gonna be on the next season of Survivor. You yeah. want to? Yeah. <laughs> if I survive this season with you, I'll be on there. I'm just trying to warm uh, you up. That's yeah, all. Yeah. So, uh, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Nope. Oh. You're good. <laughs> I was just waiting for Dave to come in with another comment. That was a <laughs> no, no, no more puck crack. I got to get him. Got to get him under control over here. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so you were with uh, Nashville for about four seasons, right? And you you split time between them and Milwaukee. Uh, Milwaukee started off with the IHL, and then they went to the AHL when you were there as well, right? 
Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, pretty much for four years, there was only one stretch. I don't even, I think it was maybe the third year that I got an apartment in Nashville for the last maybe three or four months or something, but mostly it was up, down, up, down. I think my first two years, I, I, I want to say I got recalled and sent back down like 40 times. It was crazy. It was just, it, I didn't mind it because I was got to play in the NHL, but looking back, it's like, geez, can you just like, you know, so anyways, it was, um, you know, I dreaded actually going to Milwaukee. I, I, I always thought Laverne and Shirley, I thought it was going to be this grungy town, <laughs> but uh, Milwaukee was actually great. It really was a good city. It's got a river that runs through it, some, a lot of cool little pubs, and um, it was a great, it really was a great town, and and um, I've hit on this with some other conversations that I've had too, but playing in the minors, it's a completely different thing than the NHL, and when it's over, you realize it, but there's there's things you get to do differently you, you bond more you you um i don't know there's more parties and stuff with families and with the guys it's just uh when you go to, when you're in the NHL, nhl it's just it is so much all business and in getting the next w you know every single time you, you know you play a game so not that you're not trying to win in the minors but it's just a different it's just a different feeling and you the, the guys that i speak with now to this day most of those are guys that i play with in grand rapids and played in milwaukee we've, we've kept in touch we do fantasy you know, baseball, fantasy football. So um, I, had, I had a good time. You know, Nashville obviously was great. Gave me an opportunity to get my foot in the door. And um, But Milwaukee was really, I look back, at a lot of great memories there. You know, we had uh, Del Perrington on. He played for the Rangers right about the same time that you were in Nashville. And he had actually <laughs> made, and he's the one actually responsible for the, it's the little things. Yeah. <laughs> we never yeah. noticed that. The first time he was on, he's like, that was like the first words out of his mouth. It was awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was so great watching Jeremy blush. But anyways. Oh, <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. But he actually said that it's actually harder to play in the AHL than the NHL. Is there, you think that's, there's, 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 there's truth to it. Um, okay. So the truth I would say is it's harder is because it's more, it's more helter skelter. Like there's right. less organization because there's guys out there that are trying to run you over. There's guys out there trying to, you know, put a fist through your face. Like, so it's harder in that sense where it's more chaos. You go to the NHL, guys are in the right position. Guys, you, you put your stick out on the ice from 20 feet, the puck hits your tape. Like, you know what I mean? There's just more, there's just more skill. There's more structure to it. Um, sure. Now, the flip side of it for me, I played in the NHL, and I felt like I was always on pins and needles. I always felt like if I made a mistake, I wasn't going to see the ice again. Um, so when I would go back to the minors, it was a huge relief and I would just go out and I just felt like I owned, I owned every shift that I, not every shift, but like, you know, I felt very, I just felt confident. I felt confident in myself. I, I did things that I've done my whole life. Um, but then when I go back up, it was just, I just never had that really had never had that same feeling, especially with the puck on my stick that, I, it, you know, it was my puck and it was going to be, I was going to dictate what was going to happen out here. So Kind of goes both ways, if that makes any sense. Oh, yeah. No, it does, because oh, that's yeah. exactly what Dal said. He goes, you know, in the NHL, you got systems in place, and there's the much more structure. Whereas when, you know, down to the AHL, and he said, especially if you're coming down to the AHL from the NHL, there are guys there that think that they got to prove something by going after the guy who played in the NHL, and they want to try to make oh, a name for themselves. There's a target. Yeah, there's a yeah. target. Not, not even just on the other team, on his team. Guys are yeah. seeing Mark come right. down. They're hoping he blows out his ACL so they get a chance yeah. to get on the power play. Right. Yep, it's absolutely tr- it's absolutely true. Even the wives, even the wives are fighting up in the stands with each other. Because- 
definitely uh shows too mark i mean your numbers when you're down were fantastic like i'm looking at them right now you're a couple seasons you're a point per game player in milwaukee you're, you're having a great yeah. year so i feel like i was kind of more or less going to bring that into i guess is it more of like a mental thing like granted the 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 level of competition isn't the same but you know you're not you know going, you stand. Yeah, yeah you know where you stand thank you jeremy like you know it's not like as much of pressure i guess in the nhl because i feel like just the overwhelming like oh my god i'm in the nhl my name's on an nhl jersey like this is a lot yeah <laughs> no and it's true and that's kind of what i went through and i wish you know but on the flip side of that just you know if i did have the same confidence it doesn't mean that i was going to be a point per game guy in the nhl either you know i just I just wish, I wish I could have gone back in time because I don't really know at this point. Like you know, I'm 47 and I don't really know how it could have ended up if I would have either just had that self confidence or I had a coach in the very beginning that just said, "Listen, come up and do what you do." You know, because as good as Barry Trotz is now, and he and he was great back then, but he's learned a lot. And I think you know, communicating with with young players has changed a lot than it was back in '98 and 2000. I know it has, you know, um, so it's just sometimes I think about it and other times I'm like, you know what, it doesn't really matter. You still played 275 games and it's, you know, it was a, it was a great career. But when this conversation comes up, it's always it does cross my mind. Like, I, you know, you just don't know. I might still not have been good enough to, to produce at that level, but you just don't know if you don't have the self-confidence. So it's not you just and I, I tell kids that all the time now, even even in the scouting world if i get to talk to kids that are in iowa playing in the minors i'm like listen just keep the same attitude when you go up because you'll you have to or you'll you, you'll turn into a five minute a night checker <laughs> 277 that to be specific stack i down you know that goes all the way down to that goes all the way down to mite level hockey just tell them to keep their confidence i mean when i coach yeah. these little these, these little mites that i coach and yes. you know we'll go out and we'll smoke a team and then you know and then the team will come out and like oh these guys are big and i'm like i go just go out and do what you do yeah just, yeah just you've already You've already lost if you're looking at a big yeah. Guy, right? Yeah. yeah. Yep. That's good. I like it. I yeah. like it. That's awesome. So, For sure. So uh, after Nashville, you ended up with Detroit. Now, I know Dom's got something he wants to throw in there. So <laughs> I'll let him run with it first, and then I'll finish my thought. No, I mean, I just I, ahead, I brought Dom. it up with you before, and I brought it up before we got on, this, on the show. And that's just – it still baffles me to this day because I'm a big stack guy, and I look at, like, Hockey DB. I still don't understand how a team that had Cujo – and Hashik doesn't win a cup. I just don't get it. Yeah, <laughs> especially me. the way the league is now. <laughs> you're just you're just like twisting that knife right, right now. Like, yeah. I know. Pointing up at the trophies. Just pointing up. Those at the- are the, yeah. So those are the two trophies from that year. I mean, we I, we blew away the league as far as you know the president's trophy and most most points. And um, I'm with you. I, you know, once again, it's just and you're but you're seeing it this year too. Like you 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 run into a team that has some mojo and a good goalie and look at Montreal right now. I mean, right. I mean, so, right. Right. If they didn't sure. make, they shouldn't have made the playoff. If it was a normal year, they wouldn't have made the playoffs in the, in the East or whatever with the Bruins division there. And, and all the GM would have been fired. The coach, you know, yep. would, they would have clean house. Right. But yep. they find right. a little mojo. They're playing with confidence. They're playing fast and carry prices back and look what you got. So we, it's kind of what happened to us. We just Calgary the one year and Edmonton the next year with the, Dwayne Rollison, I think, was the goalie in Edmonton, and oh, that's right. It's just yeah. the way it's the way it goes. I mean, it's trust me. That's why coaches lose their jobs, you know. But you know what else I wanted to ask you? I didn't have a chance to the last time because this. If you guys haven't looked at this team that he was on, it was unbelievable. I should check it out. <laughs> oh yeah. I so I know 
obviously guys in practice and guys in games are a little different, but I hockey gets a little heated, especially back then. Did Cronwall ever undress anyone on his own team? Like, did you ever see him just lay the bricks to somebody? No, <laughs> no. no, he never would. Just, he I, would never. Yeah. He's, got, uh, he's he's such a good guy. He has too much respect for for people, especially teammates. Sense. He would, yes. uh, yeah, because he would, you know, he could hurt you too. Like, he, yeah, you know, that's what, right. Gonna, yeah. So he's not going to put out one of his, you know, one of his teammates on the on the IR. So that and that tells you kind of what kind of kid he was too. He wasn't. I would say I would have that in the back of my mind if I was out there handling the puck. <laughs> yeah, right? You guys like the ultimate warrior on the ice, yeah. you know what I mean? Oh, head man. Down, head down. Yeah. Head down coming across the blue line. <laughs> Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I mean, the weapons you, you guys had on that team practice must have been a blast. It was. I mean, that, well, the first year we had Dave Lewis, then we had the the lockout came, which which stunk for me. But um, and then Babcock came in, which I don't know, did we talk about him a little? Bit? No, I don't think we did. <laughs> so practices we're weren't as en- they weren't as enjoyable when he got behind the bench. But uh, anyway, that's. But no, they were. They, it was fun. It was fun to be able to to play against and play with these guys in practice and and obviously in the games as well. But man. So I got a question for you. Was there any reports at all of Brett Hall and Dominic Hasek having words once they got on the same team? Because if you recall, there was a little controversy in 1999. Yeah, uh, I mean, that, I'm sure they took. I'm sure they took. But in the end, in the end, it wasn't either their problem. It was the right, league that screwed right. it up. You know, so how bad? Oh, you know, I mean, I'm sure Dom, you know, wakes up every night or you know most nights like i would jesus yeah. but uh it was in the end it wasn't brett hall's you know it wasn't really his thing the, the league blew that all year long oh absolutely and that was such a stupid rule anyway it, it really it was. was it, it, was it shouldn't have been a rule in the first place but for it to you know come into play for the game winner for the Stanley Cup, my God. Yeah, and how do you think the rules committee felt when it came down to those like triple overtime or something like that? And then that, like, uh, yeah, I would have just—it's kind of like going. If I was on that committee. Yeah, if I was on that committee, I would have moved the. I would have gone. Oh to the yeah, and get the hell out of there. Yeah. Instead yeah, of going out on an all-night bender and not remembering what you did the next day and sheepishly <laughs> oh. looking at your phone, right? <laughs> what do I don't do? know. I've never done that. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about Nashville it's, being the yeah, I was East just gonna Coast say you were in Nashville. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and even at right. the time, Detroit was popping back then. Because I don't know how we didn't. I didn't ask you about the combination of Hully and Babcock. That must have been unreal. Oh, my oh. God. yeah, oh, right. you know. But the, yeah, the difference was that 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 Brett would have just been like, "Go screw yourself," you know. Like he doesn't, he didn't have to deal with it. But there were some guys like myself that had to, you know. So. <laughs> <laughs> another, yeah, just another regret that I have, you know, just not tell him to, to, to shut the F up. I, I, I wish I would have because I think he would have left me alone, you know, or left me yeah. alone if uh, if I would have stood up to him a little bit. But, man, he was a jerk. He was a jerk. Really. <laughs> that <laughs> well, shows he, now. He's on TV. I was yeah, going to say, right? he's on TV now. And, you know, he's like, yeah. he's, he's, ever, he's so stiff on TV, though. NHL, so. You're watching, he's just so yeah. stiff on TV. He's just like. It's like a robot, well, you know. You can tell he is. He's he. You know he doesn't want to like. He, he can just probably fly off the cuff. Well, yeah, he's got enough know, heat the last couple and months. Job. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, he's, he's he can just you know he can just lose it on something. I've, I've laid. I've kind of laid low when I've been asked these questions about him on these podcasts, but I'm just telling. I'm not. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna let it out completely. But he's the biggest fraud. He's the biggest <laughs> fraud coach in the history of NHL coaches. Wow! Wow! He is. Wow! 
He's the, what you're seeing right now. What you're seeing right now. He plays. He plays it off like he's this guru. He he has the media in the palm of his hand. Like he's he's used them from day one to get right. where he needed to go, and it worked. Right. And I'm telling you, he's the most. He's the most over for me. And not only because he 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 beat me down like to a pulp, but he's the he's the most overrated coach too for me in the history oh, yeah. of the, in the NHL. Like of high profile coaches, you look you look at what he's done and what he's won. He's won the Olympics once or twice, but I mean, damn, you could have coached that team and won the Olympics, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, come on, let's yeah, let's. one cup in all and those years at, in Detroit, which I don't know how many years it was, six, seven, uh, and then Toronto was another six, seven. Like he's, I'm. Anyway, I'm not going to go into it too much. You, 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 <laughs> Seems like he's gone pretty deep yeah, already. Say, we don't want to get You're struck a nerve. Keep we going. Get the blood bro. pressure up here. That's a, yeah. you know, that'll, that'll blow. Yeah. That'll blow this shot. Just, this show wait, up. Just wait till we get farther into this. Oh boy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so let's delve a little deeper. Forget the commercials and yeah. everything else. Yeah. Right. There you go. This is, yeah. This is a good time to bring up Sean Avery. Yeah. Oh, I love oh. Sean Avery. Oh man. Love Sean Avery. Well, since you like, did mention he's it, a, he's a poser. No, it's farther down the line. We're still in Detroit here, boys. <laughs> I thought you were going to bring up Tom Wilson. No, no, no. no, no. no. We'll save Jeremy uh, from like that. I said, I like Tom Wilson if he was on my team. Yes. Yeah. If he was on my team, I would love him. Yeah, you Other would. than that, he's a good yeah, I love there Tom Wilson. <laughs> it's a love-hate relationship with a guy. I, I just, yeah. I, I love him. I would love him on my team. I hate him not on my team. <laughs> Sean, Sean Avery was kind of the same. Like you, you, you want him on your team, but you know, yeah. you, you hate him if he's not on your team. But I hated him, and he was on my team. So <laughs> I can't imagine why. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's a bad. Te- he was. A, he was. I could count on one hand and not even use all my fingers of how many bad guys there were on the in the NHL that I played with. And he's one of those fingers. I was, and I was the middle one. It is the middle you one, know, right? Which is, one? Is, is he? Is he really that flamboyant and that like? Well, he's cha- he's changed now. Like he's for me, he's an attention getter type oh, guy yeah. now. So like yeah. he, like the rumors and everything of what he is now and and what he he's into fashion and whatever he is. I'm not I'm not gonna say. I don't even know what you can say anymore without getting in trouble. <laughs> so I'm not gonna I'm gonna stop right here. But uh, he was not like that as a player. He was he was he was he was another jerk. He was a, he, was he was an a, ass. Yeah, he, he was, was an in ass. the locker room. He treated people like shit and from from his teammates to his trainers. And, you know, he's one of those guys that would, you know, I don't know, just throw his towels on the ground instead of throwing it five feet into the the, the basket or something. Just one of those guys to make people clean up after. Whoop, we lost him. Where do you yeah, go? He'll be back. He'll, 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 he'll be, be back. back. Yeah, I'm back. I don't know what, what happens. It's like the internet here sucks or something. Yeah. Know. It seems like every time so, we talk about Tom Wilson, yeah. 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 as soon as Tom Wilson comes up, he's gone. <laughs> I know. It, didn't it happen last week? Too? It did. It did. <laughs> yeah. Mark, that, it was you. You played with him in Grand Rapids, right? It was Grand yeah. Rapids. So down, even even being down a level, did his personality on the ice, where he felt like he was the best player on the ice, kind of shine through, or did that kind of come out more when he was at the pro level? Because I remember watching him when he was with the Rangers, and you could tell he thought he was the best player out there, whether he was or not. Yeah, is irrelevant. But I don't think he- yeah, maybe a little bit, <laughs> maybe a little bit. But I think he was more. He was he was just trying to get back to the NHL when he was right. in the minors. So he was yeah. he played like a rat and to be I, I played with him on my line quite a bit and it was we were great. Like it was he's great to have on your line. He just um 
it was more off the ice where I just couldn't deal with them. But, um, <laughs> but no, I think that did come out. That whole, like, playing that role and, like, limelight type thing, it did come out in the NHL level. And, you know, it, it worked. It did work, you know. For sure. People hated him. Well, I mean, look, look, at, look at what he did with Brodeur. Oh, exactly. Man. I mean, he's, he, he did that whole dance in front of Brodeur. Yeah. Was, what, four minutes he literally stood in front of the guy? Right. You know? Right. And he didn't so. even shake his hand in the cut in the end of the series. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I mean, but the thing just, is, that just shows shows you what he really what he really is. Yeah, and but the yeah. thing is too, you, you didn't forget his name, right? I mean, no. Unfor- no. I mean, for all the wrong reasons, of course, but right. you know. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? Like, I'll, I'll defend him on the ice, and that like sometimes he crossed the line, like Brad Marchand. You know, right. he, You know, not as much lately, but he, he was effective. Like he got in people's heads, yeah. and even that Brodeur thing. Like there was. As far as I knew, there was no rule against you couldn't do that. No, like, he, so he, he just, wasn't touching them. So, I mean, it was right. He, he did what, you know, and I've actually thought about doing that myself. I don't have the guts to do it, but like, <laughs> he's like, oh, I said that. Like, the why Mark Bowers rule. <laughs> <laughs> That's when the rule would come so, in right there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it made sense. Like, turn around and completely take, you know, you might take a shot in the back or something, but, but who, you know, he yeah. did, he did what he had to do and he was an effective player. I still can't believe somebody from the Devils didn't come over and drill him when he was doing that to Brodeur. You know, I'm amazed I, at that. And that's what I mean. Like he stood there for minutes in yeah. front of Brodeur's face as the play yeah. is going on. Like, and nobody, like, you know, I and mean, it's not like the Devils didn't have any tough guys. That's what I mean. Like nobody cleared the crease for him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, just clear the crease. But he, yeah, but he didn't touch him though. No, right. he never he touched him. Never touched. Didn't him. touch him. That, I don't know. Unreal. It's it is weird. I don't know. But. Uh, <laughs> But on to on a better topic, or not on more lighter topics, I guess. Um, so the lockout does happen, and you you do go to Europe for that year. How did that come about? Uh, what I'm trying to think what happened. I stuck around until mid December, maybe, and then because we, we never knew what was going to happen. Right. I thought there was a chance we we're going to come back, and uh, I believe my wife was pregnant too. So I was like, oh god, like what am I going to do? Some guys were playing the American League. And then finally, it just it just came to a point where we were like, you got to play. So I got a hold of my agent, and, and I went over there. And um, I went to Sweden. I signed in Sweden for a month on the worst team in the league. And I was excited, but it was a, it was a tough experience. I think we I was there for nine games. We went one and, nine, one and eight, something like that. Um, so they let me go pretty quickly at the end of that at the end of that month because when you're when you're a, an American or an import, I should say, any import from any other country, you're expected to go there and either turn things around or score goals every single night. And, um, it was a tough adjustment for me. Um, but fortunately enough, I was able to go to Switzerland and finish the season um, also on a bad team. Uh, but in, in Switzerland, they were, they were, uh, the season was ending. I think there was two games left. Uh, the team I played for was uh, Freiburg and they already knew that they were going to be in the relegation round. So the, the four teams that go to the relegation round now, you know, you're battling to not be the worst team. <laughs> so, because if you're the worst team, then you got to play the best team in the B League. And if you lose that series, then you drop to the B League the next season. So I, I didn't know this at the time, but Freeburg was definitely nervous that they were going to get relegated to the B League. And uh, myself and uh, Trevor Litowski came in there, and um, we just had an unbelievable stretch of, I don't know what it was, six, seven games. And we, I don't know, we might have had two points a game or something like that. And we, and we were like heroes. We were, we were absolute <laughs> heroes in this town because we kept the team in the A-League uh, for the next, uh, for the next <laughs> season. It was bizarre. It was bizarre. But. Didn't buy a drink, didn't buy dinner, didn't buy anything. It was all it was, paid for. 
It was crazy. <laughs> it was crazy. So, you know, and I even came home for the birth of my first daughter, um, and they were like, "What? You're leaving?" You know, because I had missed one game, I think. And, <laughs> but then I, they, and they were afraid I wasn't going to go back. And uh, I ended up going back, and we won the next two games or something. And it was just, it was Did bizarre. Did they make you leave collateral so you would come back? I mean. <laughs> It was crazy. It really was Everything's crazy. Everything's still I mean, in I'm, their apartment. There you go. Okay. I'm thinking, you know, I get, I get where they're coming from because they live and die. A lot of people don't know this either. Like you think Switzerland, maybe soccer, maybe just skiing or whatever, but they're diehard fans over there, and it's they are they're nuts. Like the atmosphere in those games is more like more like or better than college atmospheres here. It's they're crazy. Yeah. The fireworks really going off. Really, it's it's nuts. So so this tea that teed me up. Having that great experience there teed me up for when my career was over here with Anaheim. When Anaheim waved me, I, I had a I had an avenue to uh, call back over to that to that that team and and kind of finish things up over there. You know that's interesting. You say that too because I mean it, it, you did play three more years in Europe after your NHL time was over, and I was looking today at some pictures of you when you were over there in Europe. Those uniforms are insane. <laughs> well, that has got to be so get- confusing. <laughs> Well, get used to it because guess what? Yeah, it's it's coming. Coming over yeah, yeah, I know. It's unfortunately, because yeah. they said it's that coming, you know so. the the helmet stickers was going to be only a one year thing, and that's already no, that's they're a, already that's signing gonna, on that. That's going. So, that's, you know, that's it's too much. It's too much money for them to not do it. Yeah. I mean, it's just it's going to happen, and you know everybody will get used to it, and it, whatever. We and you see it on the ice now. I mean, now you're starting to see more and more ice logos on the ice. So I mean, it's only long, only short type period of time until you start seeing on the uniforms. So. That's right. Yep. But so, you know what, though? I can, is, I can still whine about it. Yeah, you can. Yeah. <laughs> I can still do that. Yeah. And so, you should. And yeah. you should. The tra- traditionalists, uh, which, you know, I, I, I am too. Like, I, I, I like watching videos of the 70, you know, the 1970 Bruins and the Oilers and stuff like that and see how pure the game was. And I'm not completely happy of where the game is right now with taking, yeah. the, taking all the toughness out and – Whatever, but anyway, I'm with you. I'm not. I'm not happy. Things are evolving either, but um, no, I that's think, why we have these shows. That's why we have these shows to yeah. come on and bitch about. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's I, think, right. I think the game's going to be a little bit way too ticky tacky right now. Whereas yeah. you know, I mean, you you blink at a guy wrong and they're going to call a penalty. You, know? oh, you don't like the yeah. officiating uh, in the Vegas Montreal series? Is that what uh, you're trying to say? <laughs> you know, I'm going to bring that up a little bit later on, but uh, I think I just honestly, I think that's more of a byproduct of where we've gone. Yeah. Really, you, you, they've, they, I understand a lot of it's in the name of safety, but they've over-regulated the game. And you can over-regulate mm-hmm. to the point where you, you've ruined it. Yeah. Well, did, yeah. Bra- did Braden Point get anything? I don't or, think he did. No. Point, point did not 5000 He had $5,000 fine, which is a just joke. the max, yeah. It's a joke. So, yeah. it's a joke. so that's all he got for that, which was basically yeah. the same cross-check Buchnevich laid on yeah. Yeah. Um, the capital there. And he got a game. It's a, it's the same. It's the thing. same. It's been happening forever. Right. They have videotape of exact same things that happen to goalies, like goalie interference, all this stuff. And then there's just no. And the playoffs are different than the regular season, right. and so it's just it's the same. It's always been. It's almost we just never get used to it. We just because we we expect it to be somewhat perfect or somewhat like consistent, and it's yeah, never. It's I, I don't know. It just won't be. You know, I think the thing that people have to accept is that hockey is a physical contact sport. And regardless of how many rules and how many regulations you put in, there are still going to be times when, you know, it might seem a little overly violent to the person who doesn't watch all the time. 
But for anybody who's played or watched for a long time, this really isn't too much different than what's been going on, like you said, Mark, for ages. Right. It's right. just, it, but to me, I get nervous because it's, ha- it's, you know, it's less and less, you know, they're making rules for, you know, um, who was it? Jake Evans from Montreal. I bring this one up because everybody asked me about this one. He comes around the net to, to get the, the, the two goal lead, right? For the empty netter. I don't know. You guys know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah. 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 And, and Shifley comes back and blows him up, right? Like, I wouldn't even say they suspended him because it hit his head. Like, it was almost impossible not to hit his head. But point being is if I, whenever I take the puck and try to wrap it around, whether it's in a tight area where there's people all around or in a situation like that, you know there's a good chance that someone's going to kill you, right? Exactly. So I completely disagreed with that call. Was it, was it uh, brutal? Was it? Predatory in some way, not predatory. You well, know, no, like he, no. he glided, he glided into it. He didn't take a like, full no um, stride that's into it. He and glided into that. Hit. Yeah, exactly. So, and, and people keep saying, "Well, he could have played the puck." Well, where Evans had the puck. The if Shifley plays the puck, he's probably going to knock it in the net. So, or, or he's going to get the penalty shot because he's going to knock the net off. Yeah. No. So, so that for me, that's a perfect example of where the game's going, and it's and I don't like it. You know, you have to have responsibility of what you're doing out there with the puck. Like, it's you know, like, right. I would be so mad at myself when I got stretched into the <laughs> into the ambulance that I, you know what I mean? Like, I was the one. But at the same time, you know what? I did what it I did what it took to put the game away too. So right, right maybe right. you know, maybe that in his in his mind, he was like, you know what? I don't care what's going to happen to me. I'm tucking this thing in, and we're going to get the W. Yeah. You know, and unfortunately, he got killed. Yeah. But railroaded. Did you, you know, ever get lit up like that, Mark? By the way. I, I did, and that's kind of why I bring it. I bring it back to that point where it's your responsibility. It happened to me crossing the blue line. I was in the minors, I think Milwaukee, and it was in Rochester, I think, and I got I got destroyed. But guess what? It was my own fault. Like the guy, you know, he probably hit me square right in the head to start, but I buried my head coming over the blue line, got killed. There was no penalty. I wasn't mad. I wasn't looking for the coach to call the league and ask for a suspension. Like I was so mad at myself. Right. So right. put your head down. You knew you knew where you were going. You knew yes. what you did. Yeah. And it's my fault that I just yeah. did what I did. Right. right. Exactly. So, uh, and you know, man. I'll tell you what. I mean, and, and Jeremy, I'm sorry to bring up a sore subject again, but I honestly think that a lot of that was a knee jerk reaction to the, all the crap that the league got because they didn't suspend Tom Wilson with that Artemi Panarin incident. Well, he I really think that was knee jerk. He was a second man in. For what, what he did with Shnevich is a different story. Yeah. Even that was kind of. Uh, I don't know. I mean, yeah, who knows? You don't know what they're thinking in there. You yeah. really don't because it's, it's happened. It's happened now for the last 12, 15 years since they've had this review thing. Or whatever right. Department of player safety. That's my biggest yeah. issue with it is their, their, their lack of consistency is basically right. the point of what yeah. we've been talking about is they're yeah. just, yeah. and I'm a Rangers fan. I'm Panarin's my favorite player. I get it. I, they, their lack of consistency is the issue. Yeah. That's it. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. There's no, so for me, it's there. easy for me. It's easy because they have all these videos so they can, they can just store them. Like, right, you know right, what I mean? Right. They can have right. 12 different categories. What you know, did we do with that? Yeah. Like, and they just don't, I don't get it. It's anyway, anyway, beating a dead horse, I guess. Yeah, yeah. but even still, but you know what? That's why we have shows like this. Cause we can complain. <laughs> yeah. Well, listen, <laughs> didn't you, you have to figure out what's going on in Georgie Paris's head. You played with him in Anaheim. Come on now. He's a great guy. He really is. He's a great guy. But I think what happens when you, and I've said this too before is when you get in that role, you know, year one, you do pretty good. You're kind of still, you remember how you, how it was when you played. Then year two, it's like, okay, now you've seen 30 videos or 60 videos. And then year three, 
And I just think you get you get molded into this corporate, thing you can't, corporate world. you know, like, so I don't even know if I blame it on them. It just kind of happens and there's no one there. Evidently, there's no one there to kind of reset. And, and I, you know, but it, it's happened to all of them. You know, the more they watch video, it seems like the harder it gets. And then you sure. watch, he'll be out of there. He'll be go- He'll get out of there probably next year or the year after because he's just like, I can't do Sick it. Sick of it. Oh, yeah. yeah. I would too. Yeah. They're going to hire know? Marshawn as the head of player safety. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Here, here's how you sleuth with everybody. <laughs> you know, I always thought that would be a great job for a retired referee. They really would. If, if, well, you, if you think maybe. about it for a second, you know. I mean, yeah. they're the ones that have been on the ice seeing all this stuff. Or, you know, And I'm not talking about a guy who was a ref for like two years. You know, take yeah. a, a ref that was an NHL ref for, say, 15, 20 years, and he wants Wes to retire. McCauley. Wes McCauley, yeah. Yeah, but then you'd have to take away his calls on the ice, and that would just yeah, that's totally ruin everything. Right. So <laughs> even though that would be problem great is, if he did, like, a video for every time he suspended somebody, <laughs> you get the problem is fucking they make, suspended. They, they, they make too good of money, and when they're done refing, they're like, see you later. Yeah, right, right. right. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. Oh man! So speaking of animated and all that, so you once you were done with your playing career, you you spent a little time with the Bruins broadcast team. So how much fun was yeah. that? It was. Uh, I'm going to say it was more stressful than fun. Really? <laughs> yeah, it was because uh, it, it didn't come natural to me. Um, I still have a tough time, even when I'm talking to you guys. Like, I'm more comfortable looking at one of you guys in the, in the, the computer. You know what I mean? Seeing a face and talking to it. And pretending you're actually listening to me rather than the <laughs> assuming you know, people on TV are listening. <laughs> Dave's paying but close it's attention. Tough. <laughs> <laughs> it's tough for me to look at this uh, little camera up at the top and talk to it. And that was that was something you had to do. Right. You know, you had to whenever whenever the bright lights went on a certain camera, you were supposed you know, you were supposed to shift and talk to this camera like you're talking to whatever it is, a million people. And then if this light went on, you're supposed to shift over. And I just had a tough time. And then the other part of it was I was, you know, like I said, I was in Switzerland for three years. I didn't know that the league really got young from 2007 or 2008 to 2011 when I retired. Like there was a lot of changeover. And I, I didn't know the league. I mean, I was over in Switzerland doing my thing. I wasn't, I was not following the NHL. So it, it became tough to even talk about players because that's what I had to do when I didn't know half the league at that point. So those t- those two things combined, like I was studying every, I was studying for like two or three hours from like say 10 to one. I'd take a pregame nap because I was exhausted from studying. <laughs> and then I'd head into the game and, and you, you, and you try to just, I don't know, the lights come on and you got to try to, I don't know. It just, it got better towards the end. And I had, I did have some fun. I wore some costumes. Um, I wore like an elf costume for Christmas and did some goofy stuff, but it was when the nights were over, when the game, I got to find that picture. Yeah, you'll find yeah. it if you look. Yeah. Buddy the Elf. Yep. Buddy Every, the elf. Everything's, on, everything's on YouTube. Yeah. So, but having a beer after the games were over was like, it was, I was so, because it, it really was a lot of tension and pressure to, to, to perform, I guess. So it, was, it wasn't as fun as I thought it would be, put it that way. Yeah, because you weren't really there that long, right? I mean, then you, you got hired by Montreal as a scout. Yeah, one year. Once once I got once the other job came calling, I was like, yeah. I'm out of here. See ya. <laughs> <laughs> and you went to the Bruins' huge rival on top of it. So I know. Yeah. I know, but. <laughs> Unreal experience though, being in Montreal like that though must have been sick. 
It was. It was. the, uh, And I can only imagine, I mean, they, they're, they're way behind us up there as far as COVID, so I don't even know what they're getting in, 4,000 fans or something. But yeah. the atmosphere is great, and it would have been – It would have been. we had one year we took a – we had a good little run there, but uh, where we beat the we beat the Bruins in the playoffs, which was, it was pretty exciting. Um, and it would have been if we could have won a cup. I mean, obviously it's not the same player, but ultimately every day when I sit in front of the computer and I'm looking for players and writing reports and stuff, we're still trying to do the same thing, and that's to win a cup, which I haven't done yet. So, Well, you're losing a pretty key piece there in Minnesota now, going back to the KHL. That's tough. Yeah, I'm not going to. We can't get into that. I was going to say, we'll not get into it, but that's a tough one. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully it's it's hopefully it's hopefully unofficial. Well, speaking, because we're kind of on the topic anyway, though, since you spent some time there as a scout, how, how do you feel about Montreal right now? Well, like I said, it's uh, on paper, like in the beginning of the year, they were really good. And, and on paper, they look pretty solid. You know, their D is their D's good. If anything, they have just an experience up the middle. Um, so to see them go this far without having – you know, Philip Deneau is playing like a checking role centerman type thing. They don't have, you know, they get Suzuki and Katkiniemi in the middle, and that's it's crazy that, they're, that they've reached this level. But yeah, it's it's good for yeah. us in Minnesota because we don't we you know we don't have a number one center in Minnesota either. So it it, it kind of gives you hope that it, you can do it. Sure. Because um, there there hasn't been a lot of teams if you look who've won the cup over the last twenty years that don't have a number one center. So. Um, but so no, I mean, like I said, you, you, you find Mojo and your goalie plays well, and it, it's been proven over the past few years that, that, that it is possible. Yeah. I'll tell you though, Minnesota, you guys got a potential number one in Joel or, or Joel Erickson act. I'm, I almost probably hammered the pronunciation there, but that kid's really grown leaps and bounds. I'll be sick. Yeah, no, yes. I mean, I think we, we don't think he's probably going to be that, you know, and I, when I say number one, I mean Bergeron and Crosby right, and right. David and, you know, a, a legit guy that can, you put him out there every, you know, whenever he's out there, you get a chance to score. But he has, he has. I think at some point over the last two years, we thought he was just going to be like an unbelievable third line center. And this year he made big steps where, you know, we're very confident that he can fill that number two spot. So uh, we do have a lot of good pieces and, you know, hopefully uh, Kaprizov can, we can figure that out with him and, and uh, make make a couple of deals this summer. And we're, you know, it's 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 not easy to win. I can tell you that much. And uh, I think Tuka Rask said that and is is because uh, he gets beat down out here. By the way, in Boston, like, he gets oh, killed. Oh, it's brutal. <laughs> oh man, he, he he he's spot on in that. You know what? You you can be a really good team, which Boston has been over the last eight whatever eight nine years, and it's still so very hard to win. And um, you know, I kind of felt bad for him because he he hasn't won it as a as a starting goalie, but right. he was spot on. It, it is it's it's it has to be the hardest trophy to win. Oh, sure. absolutely! But I'll so. tell you, you know, you guys got a really underrated coach in Dean Evison. He's done a, a mm. hell of a job this year. He he really has. So yeah, he's a yeah. I was going to just say about him is going back to that communication thing with you know how you you have to integrate with your young, especially your young players more. He, he does a great job with it. So he, made, he mixes, you know, the intensity. He's got presence, I think, behind the bench. You know, like he's not one of these guys you look at and be like, yeah, you know, he looks like a mathematician, you know. Like he, <laughs> so he's, good at, he's got a good combination, and he relies on his assistants to do the power play and PK and all that, you know, some detailed stuff. And, um, you know, I have, I have a lot of faith in him to get us to the next level. Yeah, good deal because, I mean, that's – 
So I wanted to kind of touch base with that on, on the whole scouting end of it because you left Montreal and then you went to Buffalo. And I know it didn't end well in Buffalo, so we're, we don't have to rehash all that. That's <laughs> for we're, anyone. We're going to try to keep the positive energy going here, right? So, <laughs> so you're, you're in Minnesota, and what when you're scouting a player, what are you really looking for? Uh, so I can tell you this, honestly, like it's gone back. I've, I've changed my mind multiple times on what <laughs> I thought was important and what, I mean, regardless, you're still reporting on guys and you're, you're writing reports on what you see and what you think he's going to be. But I, I've changed where the value, I guess, because, you know, we all hear how fast the game is, right? It's a fast game. If you can't skate, you know, it's going to be impossible to play or whatever. And, and Montreal's proving that wrong right now too like, like Toffoli and Perry they're two of their best players right so what do those two guys have for me and this this will answer your question they have hockey sense so they have smarts and they're they're competitive bastards right mm-hmm. so I've changed my tune a little bit and I don't think you could have 12 forwards that are not fleet of foot like like Toffoli and Perry but I certainly think you can get away with having more than I thought you could if you asked this question to me five or six years ago Right, right. You know what I mean? I love that you brought up the hockey sense because what you told me about Keandre Miller earlier this season was fantastic. Okay. Now, what did I I tell you exactly? I can go back and look if you want me to check. No, no, no. I mean, was he playing well at that time? No, it was just starting. You said he had uh, his hockey IQ was uh, didn't rate well. Right. So, and this, you could ask if you ever were to speak with a lot of amateur scouts, like going through the draft, like most of them would tell you that that was – you know, why a lot of teams would pass on this guy. Sure. And this, for me, this is almost impossible for, like, us pro scouts to figure this out. And I'll, I'll, be, I'll, I'll be frank with you right now and honest that what I said, I was, I was wrong. I was dead wrong, at least up to this point, because, you know, whoever's coaching the D there, like, you have to give huge credit to that, to whoever it is, because I think – I know, like, hockey sense just doesn't change. Like, you, you either, you, you know, some will say you can adapt to it. You can you can uh, do these different drills on the ice to teach it. And then maybe you can get a little better better at it. But this guy, this this guy, super impressive, this Miller kid. Like, because yeah. he's a beast. He's whatever, six foot whatever, 230, 40 pounds. And, and he has been able to, I think, through coaching. I don't think he just adapted, he, like, figured it out all of a sudden. But he's been able to... Um, I guess just play within his capabilities and not get himself in trouble with some of the mistakes that he used to make. You know, right. like instead of holding on to the puck for three seconds, now he's holding on to a second and a half and he's hitting the guy that's open. But he's made unbelievable strides, and I will admit right here and now that I was dead wrong, and he's going to be – he should play in this league for 15, 18 years. Do you, well, do you think – I'm sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you. I'm going to ask another Rangers question so no one wants to hear it, but – I do. Well, I no, do. I was going to say, as a as a scout and even as a player, just to kind of piggyback off that, when you when you look at kids, right? When you look at guys, like whether it's the uh, a juniors player, a college player, somebody that you're looking about considering Minnesota to try to pick up, whatever. Is a guy like say Miller? Do you think seeing the way he plays with players that are obviously better than him at their own position, like Adam Fox, do you think that mm-hmm. is like a a scoutable thing like can you tell if a guy can work well with other players that play his position is that something that you kind of look for or do you think that's something that is just a given if you're going to play at this level um it's funny you say that because i don't think that we take that into account and we should and i and i've thought about this at the pro level where 
and you, you should start your own manual because you could be the first one that does it. But <laughs> at, at the pro level, you know, you trade for a guy. He's so like, write that down, write that down. <laughs> it's the goddamn book. <laughs> but I can see a guy that I like a lot, right? And, and, and this is twofold, I guess. The guy that I like, we trade for him. He comes to Minnesota and he's horseshit, right? right? So I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, what the hell happened, right? But to your point, is it who he's playing with? Or is it the coach that he has? Is, the, is it the system that they're playing? Is it the coach, you know, made him feel uncomfortable when he first got there? Like, is it, you know what I mean? So for me, it's two, there's two things that we should look at more and we don't. And that, and you, and you hit it, you hit it on the head. Like, and I, 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 I keep, I bring it up from time to time, but it never really, you know, hockey's kind of a, even with scouting, it's like this thing that whatever's been going on for years, everybody kind of follows, follows, follows. And until you get, fix it. you know, yeah, and if I get, but if I ever get to a higher position, I'm gonna, I am gonna implement some of this stuff, or at least try to implement it, because with all the video and all the, we should be able to, we should be able to tell that we shouldn't trade for a guy that plays for the Islanders, maybe, because he he plays this system, and bring him to our yeah. team where we want to be more run and gun, like it just right. you know, but it doesn't come up as much as we should. Right. But you well, know, we, Scotty, we talked about it before, like we talked about Owen Power, right? And you right, know, I mean, he's he's a great. Obviously, he's projected to be the number one pick in this year's draft. Mm. Again, if he's going to fit a system or fit around a player, is it going to is it going to, is it going to change? Yeah, well, that's that's the whole thing too. And I mean, and just to like finish up, I believe Miller started off as a forward, if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong about yeah. that. I believe and, you're right. Yeah. And I think with Kendry Miller, what's really helped him is the fact that the Rangers have such a deep defensive core that he didn't have to be thrust into that spotlight right off the get go. So they were really able to kind of ease him in, and I think that really helped him tremendously. You know, yes and no. I mean, he, he was playing. I mean, he, he was, was playing, playing. He played a lot of minutes. Don't he get was, me wrong. But yeah, yeah. But when you got Adam Fox, he was a part of Truba, that team you know, especially when Truba got injured, is when he really right. Stopped You're right. It up, he but. didn't. Yeah, he didn't have to play a ton of special teams, and and that certainly helps. But um, he proved at the end he could. So I mean, he, he's uh, oh, absolutely, you know, absolutely. I, you know, I'm happy for him because he's found a way to absorb his deficiencies. And, you know, now it's just being able to keep doing it and not think that you're better than what you were, you know, because that'll happen too. He'll end up right. being like, oh, this is, you know, this is easy. Yeah, right. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and I go out and get smoked and look like an yeah. you know. That seems to happen to goalies a lot. Like looking yeah. hard to heart, right? Yeah. Oh. I know. But I mean, you, uh, never know. you know, and, and the thing is, and, and Mark, correct me if I'm wrong, it has got to be so difficult to get the right blend because if you look at it like in a regular season you can get away with having a team that's just fast you know lightning fast but not mm-hmm. very physical they get to the playoffs i mean they could have had 110 points in a regular yeah. season and they get destroyed in the first round because they can't play physical right, right. Mean, like, it's right. two seasons so i mean yeah. getting that blend is just that it, it, that's, yeah. that's the nightmare right there yeah it's so. two seasons really i i think it is right now it's two seasons one where you got to make the playoffs but then you got to have enough. You got to have Tampa's. A, you look at what Tampa did, and I hate being like a copycat. Like you know, we got to do what Tampa did because they won the cup. But it's. I think it is reality. The problem sure. is some teams trying to get that mix. They have too many guys that are slow and heavy or whatever, and they don't, then they miss the playoffs. So like, right. it's like you got to have. You got to be able to get in, and then have the heavy bodies and that grit and that toughness to to be able to make a run at it. So it's once again, like I said, it's just not easy. It's just not easy. Yeah, because Tampa couldn't win until they did it. Right, they added those so, two pieces and gave up gave up first round picks and everything else, and it, it, <laughs> which is probably going to cost them down the, the road. But that's okay. <laughs> you, you do what you got to do to win those cups, that's right? It. 
they, right. they took the Rangers away from the Rangers. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> Don't be bitter, Jeremy. Come on. No, it's, it's, uh, <laughs> it's the Rangers of the it's the it's the Rangers of the South. I just that's Rangers. <laughs> Oh, so we're going to have to go to a commercial break here uh, real quick. Um, Mark, you want to stick around for the rest of the show? Just get through the other segments real quick here? Or if you yeah, got you time. Know what? Let's, uh, I'll come back and we'll, we'll, we'll have to wrap it up quick. My wife's about to kill me. She's hungry. She wants to get out for dinner. So. <laughs> well, actually, like I said, we're going we're gonna to go to commercial break anyway. So um, what we'll do, I'll tell you what, I'll make a deal with you. I'll arrange to have Mark Coterry come on and I'll have you come on at the same time. How's that's that cool. Yeah. Listen, any, any time, if you get, uh, you know, if, if you want one of these other guys to get replaced and I, I can jump on for them too. And uh, Absolutely. No, I'm just kidding. Right? <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, but, uh, Next no, time, don't have a cold. It, w- it won't be the little <laughs> things anymore. No, no, <laughs> no, no I'm, awesome. just kidding. I'm just kidding. But uh, honestly, anytime uh, I love talking about it, even if it's not on, on the podcast, like any question I'd love, to, I, I do enjoy talking hockey and believe Believe it or not, when you're a scout, I mean, you're by yourself a ton. You really don't even have a lot of people to talk to. You, even if you talk to the other scouts, you don't want to tell them anything because it's all you know stuff you want right. to keep from them. So, right. Um, so yeah, I'm always always available. Well, always you, available. You got our number, pal. So you're welcome to call or text anytime. So like good. I said, we'll, thanks for having me. We're more than happy it. to have you back on. Thanks, so. Mark. Mark, it was awesome talking to you again, man. Thank right, you so you much. Soon. I appreciate it. All right. That was Mark Mowers. That was that was great. That was awesome. So much fun. <laughs> and I and I love <laughs> I love how he just did not pull any punches. It's great, you know. That no, was, no. Yeah. Well, there's a video on uh, when he was on Nesson of him going off on Avery. I suggest you go check it out. It's on YouTube. <laughs> oh, I gotta check that out now. That's uh, <laughs> awesome. It's awesome. <laughs> oh, so what we're gonna do is we're gonna go to our commercial break and we're gonna end the segment like we always do with our breakaway trivia question. So this week. Breakaway trivia question is, and Gumper's not here to get it wrong. And Dave, put your phone down. (laughs) (laughs) The question is, who is the current active leader in NHL all-time points scored? The answer when we come back. Visit My Little Falls and stay connected with the latest news information and events in the city. Our mission is to generate interest in the community and connect residents in a more meaningful way by facilitating deeper conversations about how these stories will shape the future of Little Falls, New York. Join thousands of weekly visitors who stay up to date with feature stories, interviews, videos, and our events calendar. It's about timely local news for the community, keeping citizens informed about important issues, telling stories about the people who live and work here, and giving locally owned businesses the opportunity to reach a very targeted audience of local residents and tourists alike. It's a whole new form of media-rich content developed specifically for today's mobile lifestyle and listeners. You can download our iOS app in the iTunes store or sign up for our weekly newsletter. Stop by today at mylittlefalls.com. You'll be glad you did. And we're back with more Marty's Illegal Sticks. So I'm going to give you guys the breakaway trivia question one more time, just to let it percolate. And the question is, who is the current active leader in NHL all-time points scored? Jeremy, what do you think? Uh, I'm going to go with the beard. Jumbo Joe Thornton. All right. Dom? Oof, that's a good one. I... I don't. I have no idea. So I'm going to go ahead and throw out a give me answer. I'm just going to say Sid. I don't know. <laughs> Dave, did you get the answer on your phone? No, I did not. I did not. <laughs> okay. Did not cheat. Do you have a guest? No. Okay. I didn't think so. <laughs> no. 
Jeremy is correct. Oof. It is the beer, Jumbo Joe Thornton. He's got 1,529 points. And, Dom, if Joe does decide to retire, you would be correct because Sidney Crosby's next. So you're both sort of right. So I, am a, I am a Sidney Crosby believer. I do not buy into all the hate. You know, you're a Ranger I, fan, so you've got to buy into the hate. No. <laughs> I, I got to tell you, I used to hate him. I really did, but I've, I've grown to respect him. Yeah. And he's, the, he's grown up a lot over the years. He has. That's, he has. But, you know, he does the one thing that all the, all the great players do and that he makes everybody around him better. Yeah. I mean, if you notice, the Penguins could put one of us on his line and we would get 15 goals. Probably. <laughs> Seriously. You know? But that's, you know, I'm, that, that, yeah, you, you can't help but respect the guy. But I do want to let everybody know that that breakaway trivia answer was brought to you by friend of the show, Jimmy Iceman McNeil's book, The Red and White Zamboni Ice Machine. If you would like to order a copy, you can email Jimmy at mac underscore iceman at hotmail.com. And Jeremy, I still have your copy. We'll have to play hockey again sometime soon so I can get you your copy. I'm on the ice tonight, tomorrow, possibly on Saturdays. I'm all over. Well, I'm not this week, so... (laughs) 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 I've got warm weather and beer to enjoy. Sorry. Hey, we we drink in the parking lot before we go out. We drink in the arena when we play, and then we drink when we go back out. Yeah, but you forget, I got a 40-minute drive back. (laughs) Hey, you know who does play is um, Derek. Really? Yeah. So, I mean, he's got a a far drive. Eh, Well, maybe I'll hit a ride with him sometime. And there's a guy that comes down from Ogdensburg. Woo! Wow. Yeah. Now that's a ride. I don't don't know why. I really don't know why. I would not do that. I do not know either. Wow. Okay, well, with that said, uh, on with hot takes. Rest in peace, Tom Curvers and Rene Robert. Uh, Curvers was a defenseman for seven different NHL teams from 1984 to 1995. He was 58 at the time of his passing. Uh, Robert was on the famed French Connection line in the 1970s for the Buffalo Sabres with Gilbert Perrault and Rick Martin. He was 72 years old. Sad loss for hockey, really. Uh, Curvers, I was going to ask Mark about it, and I just didn't get to this part. Uh, he was an assistant GM for the Wild. Um, and, of course, you know, Rene Robert, I mean, that, that line was just insane back in the day. Mm-hmm. You know, but. Not to, uh, not to bum anyone else out. It's also today, 10 years since uh, we lost the boogeyman. Ah. Derek Bugard. Oh, wow. That's Bugard, right. Yeah. You're right. One of my all-time faves. Yeah. So unfortunate. Like, he was awesome. God, was hate to be on the wrong side of that guy. Jesus oh. Christ. <laughs> Throwing cinder balls Throw, at you. Yeah. Thank you. Throwing frying pans coming out of his wrist. <laughs> oh, my God. What a killer. Man, oh, Lord. man. And you know, what the, you know what the sad thing is about that? Like, I, I watched a documentary on him. He didn't He didn't like to fight. He hated no. He absolutely hated yeah, it. Yeah, you know, it's didn't funny. Want to be the, he didn't want to be the enforcer role, but he fell into that because of his size. And yeah. he, he did not like it. He didn't like it. You know, it's it's funny you say that because I think a lot of enforcers will tell you that. Yeah. That the, the reason they got to the NHL was somebody had to take that role, and they, mm-hmm. they took it just to, you know, be in the league. But, mm-hmm. yeah, you're right. I mean, a lot of them don't really, you know, come out of high school thinking, oh, you know what, I want to be the enforcer. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, the, I mean you know, Dale, Dale said that. Dale yeah. said that, you know, I mean, he was good at it, sure. But, I mean, these guys, like, you watch them. Some of these guys, all of a sudden, they take boxing lessons and kickboxing boxing lessons. And it's all because of what? Like, they're not out there to score goals. Like, that's what you're playing hockey for. Well, if they're taking but, kickboxing lessons with skates on. Yeah, yeah. 
Well, I think that takes just to a whole new level, stuff. Jeremy. That's that's <laughs> just doing for balancing and stuff like that. But I mean, you know, I mean, these guys are just <laughs> they're human. Yeah. So are you going to sign Steven Seagal next? Is that <laughs> that would be pretty sick? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's great. <laughs> All right. Well, moving right along. <laughs> so I got to tell you guys, I was watching uh, sled hockey on TV Woo. the other day. And I am going to tell you something. It was a uh, world championships. Uh, USA was destroying. I think it was South Korea or something like that. But I'm going to tell you something. I have a whole new level of respect for those athletes, both the, the men and the women. And that's incredible. The incredible amount of upper body strength it must take to do that. Have you ever watched that? I mean, that's yeah. it's that, crazy. It is. I mean, it, it was just insane. Just being just the way they, they move around the ice. Cause for anybody who hasn't seen it, they actually have two sticks that are like almost like sawed in half or even down to a quarter. And it's like, they're like a ski, right? So they're using it to push along the ice. And then when they get to the puck, they, they just snap. It's just a little snap. And yeah, I mean, it, they're, they're, the shots are incredible and the mobility alone. I mean, I just, I, I to me, it's unbelievable. It, it really is. And I would actually love to see like the, the like a, like a traveling, like a, exhibition or something like that because i would love to go to one of those games live you know what they call you know somebody who has two sticks like that crutches he's on crutches yeah, man. <laughs> if i had two sticks like that i'd be on crutches <laughs> if you got on the ice you would be on crutches what are you talking about i'd bust my ass is what i'd be that's what i mean that's why deck hockey's looking real good you, you wait till tomorrow oh, and you're in goal pal <laughs> oh boy Oh my goodness! But yeah, I mean that's that, it is. It, it's absolutely incredible, and uh, you know, like I said, hats off because it absolutely it really is great. Um, NHL playoffs recap, guys. So um, we'll start with the Vegas Montreal series uh, last night. Woo. Man, Montreal just laid the wood to Vegas, didn't they? Sure did. In Vegas too. Sure did. In Vegas, and you know, I think I think that uh, bulletin board talk that Stone sent out. Has really lit a charge under Montreal. Yeah, yeah. Did you, yeah. I mean, you, you, you did see what he said, right? He said, you know, it's just like an AHL team. We'll just sweep them in four games. It's like, or no, we're playing like we're playing an AHL team. Wow. I'm like, okay, so you called your shot, and now you better back it up because all <laughs> yeah. of a sudden, now they're not. They're they're one game away from being packing. Pretty much, and the, and they're going to Montreal. So I mean, it's with an you know, entire nation behind them. Yeah, and no yeah. kidding. They're, they're going to no be more kidding. fans outside of that arena than there no will be inside. No kidding. That place it's going to be crazy outside that arena. Oh, it's, it's really uh, the next time we get a chance. I it didn't come up, but the next time you get a chance to talk to Mark, he he said that one of the weirdest places he ever played was in Montreal. It's just intimidating. Oh, I bet. So, oh, it's it's like Mardi Gras. You go out yeah. there for a Toronto Montreal game. It's literally the streets are shut down at like twelve noon. Oh yeah. Oh, and there's there's no doubt. Party everywhere. But you know it's well. It's funny good luck, with, Vegas. It's funny with my, <laughs> yeah, right. You got a taste of their own medicine, right? <laughs> you know, it's funny with Montreal though because I mean, for years, I mean, they, the Canadians got maligned for giving Carey Price the contract that they did. And mm-hmm. a lot of people will say, "Oh, there's no way a goaltender should be getting paid that kind of money." But you know what? These are the kind of times is the reason you do it. Exactly. Yeah. If, if you have a exactly. franchise goalie like that, I, for the life of me, don't understand why the, what the big deal is about paying him. If you think that's your guy, and I mean, he's going to stabilize the most important position on the ice, really, what's the big deal? 
Pay him I mean, $10 million if, a year. If that's, if that's what you're going to do. But, I mean, if you got somebody like, look at the Rangers. They had Lundqvist. But then you had the two backups that came in that were studs. So, I mean, you, you kind of had to bite the bullet on that one. Yeah, but that's Montreal a little bit different. Doesn't, Montreal doesn't have a back have backups like that. But that's a little we bit different. Jake Allen back there now? Yeah. Jake Allen, yeah. But Lundqvist was towards the end of his career when Georgiev and, and Shesterkin were coming in. Well, Allen's probably got to be the best backup they've had for Price in a long time. No, oh, I mean, he, he was great long behind uh, Bennington and St. Louis. Yeah, absolutely. He's got the experience. And the thing, too, that's crazy about Price is you brought it up. I, I was talking to uh, I'm buddies with Scott Matley's from Locked On Canadians, mm-hmm. and he says he, Canadians fans are not. They've been calling for Price's hat all season. Now, all of a yeah. sudden, he's got him a game away from moving on to the cup. And it, it's crazy how that works out. You know what I mean? We were talking about the last time a Canadian teams won a cup. It's been what? 28 years. It's been since <laughs> the year I was born. Montreal. 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 Yeah. So, I mean, if there's one team that's going to slay the dragon, that's probably going to be Tampa. Let's let's do it, man. I'm all on board. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. No disrespect to the Isles. I know we're about to bu- drop the buck in about nine minutes here. Oof. but Well, you know, I, uh, you speaking know, of this. Did, did, did you see that save that Polak that had? That was crazy. Oh, I my. mean, you can't. I watched that over and over and over again. And I'm going, I'm thinking, you know, that puck hit his stick and it bounced up. If, yeah. if, if, yeah. if that play happened 10 more times, yeah. that puck's going between his legs. You know what? Like he's not stopping it. All I could think of watching that was Varlamov had best bought him the biggest steak dinner ever oh. in the world after that game. Oh. Because you want to talk about somebody who just completely bit on a fake? Bit? Oh, I mean, he was he was God. on the bench. He was in the shower. <laughs> no, yeah. like, he was almost at the blue line. Like, I was going to say, he was up in the concourse getting <laughs> yeah. a beer and popcorn. Jesus. <laughs> I mean, oh, he got brutal. I mean, he just got burnt, and I'm like, "Going, where are you going? Where are you going?" And then the shot happened. I'm like, "How did did we really just see that?" Yeah. No, I mean, I was in Buffalo, sitting next to Heenan and like all all the guys, and they're all of a sudden like they just started screaming. We're like, "Did you just see that? Like, that's incredible!" And Heenan goes, "That'll never happen again." No, that, no, that'll, no, that'll never yeah, happen again. I think you're absolutely right. If that happened ten times, nine of the times it ends up in the back of the net. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. Unreal. But what do we think, guys, after the shellacking the Islanders took in game five? You think they, they rebound tonight? Yeah. Trotsky lights a fire under those guys. Yeah. There's no you way. Gotta, you got to go this, seven. This could, be, this could be the last game played in in the Coliseum. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, they're not going to – they don't want to do that. Yeah. They don't want to. Yeah, you want to talk about an atmosphere that's going to be out of control tonight? <laughs> I mean, Mike, the sad note is, is that I, sh- I could be there right now. Ugh. But instead, you chose of, to be with us. Oh, oh, nice. I, I had a I had a little family thing that I had to do with my mom today. So, oh, is that um, what it was? Oh, but see, my I cousin. Thought, uh, I thought you just wanted to be with us. Yeah. I mean, I have tickets. I mean, if the if the Islanders go, I still have five tickets to use. Hey, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Not bad. So, I, I mean, I'm hoping that you know. I hope they make it. Yeah. Wow, yeah. wouldn't, wouldn't that be an experience, though? If the Isles go the last year of the Coliseum, oh, my oh, God. Oh, man, that would be awesome. Oh. And, and Montreal. And yeah. Montreal goes, like, the stars have just aligned. I yeah, know, right? Yeah. Be, you know. Oh, my God, that would be so awesome. Oh, man, hockey gods would be really confused there for a minute. <laughs> but you know who would really be bent out of shape, I bet, is the NHL league offices because you know they're just clamoring for Tampa Bay versus Vegas. Oh, yeah. You know oh, that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Absolutely. <laughs> The two Cadillac Absolutely. teams of the league, you know they want them in the final. Yeah. <laughs> and then here come the Islanders and Canadians just to skunk everything. <laughs> Ragtag group of fourth line grinders on both teams. Oh my God. Corey Perry. Yeah. Yeah. Still doing it, contributing with a bunch of college kids in Montreal. Yeah. 
Yeah. Cole Caulfield's the most important player on the team right now besides Carey Price. Guy's out of his mind. Yeah. Oh. yeah. You know, right now, Gary Bentman's like, remember the remember the G.I. Joe cartoon when Cobra Commander has his, his <laughs> plans foiled at the end? You know he's just flipping out, right? Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, oh man. Man, that would be something. That'd God, be I'd great. love to see Tampa lose. That would be great. <laughs> I, yeah. I don't care who it does it. Honestly, this round or next, just end it. Sick of this. Oh, oh goodness gracious. Well, that's all I got for this segment, actually. So um, we're going to do another commercial break. But before we do, we want to give you your website of the week. Website of the week is brought to you by 315hockey.com. 315hockey.com is your news hub for all levels of hockey in central New York. This week's website of the week is pucklinepod.com. This is a link to the Pucks, Puck Lines podcast, which is a Bruins-centered podcast for all you Bruins fans out there. And just as a cheap plug, I will be their guest on Friday night to talk about some potential L.A. Kings, Boston Bruins trades. So I wanted to throw that out there. Thank nice. you very much. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Yes, I know you're still entertained by that, Jeremy. Oh, boy. So we're going to take our last commercial break, and when we come back, we're going to take a ride on that Zamboni time machine. We'll be right back. Need to find that gift for someone special? Visit Little Falls Presents at the Stone Mill and Canal Place. Stop by today to find unique artist work, T-shirts, coffee cups, gift towels, greeting cards, tote bags, koozies, and original oil paintings and prints. It's all about the art of the gift. For more information, visit mylittlefalls.com slash shop or call 315-508-5310 for details. And we're back for segment three of Marty's Illegal Stick, the Zamboni Time Machine. The Zamboni Time Machine is brought to you by Zamboni.com, and the Zamboni name is used with permission from the Zamboni Company. This week, the Zamboni Time Machine takes us back to 1930 in the debut of Jean Pousset the original clown prince of hockey. Baseball has Max Paxton and Bob Euchre, and basketball has the Harlem Globetrotters to bring the laughs. And hockey at one time had Jean Pousset for comic relief. i got to be careful how I say that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's the little things. Scott. Yes, that's right. <laughs> Pousset was a defenseman who dreamed of hockey for the... Oh, yeah. There we go. <laughs> Anyways, Fusay was a defenseman who dreamed of playing for the Montreal Canadiens. He had heart, but actual hockey talent was an issue. He actually got a tryout with the Canadiens in 1930 and was sent to their minor league team in London, Ontario. It was there that the legend of Jean Fusay began. In his first game in London, Fusay fired a puck so hard that even though the goalie made the save with his glove, the glove went flying off his hand and into the goal, with the puck still in it. Fusay then grabbed the glove out of the net, gave it back to the goalie, all while giving him a bow. He wasn't done yet, though, as he then grabbed the goalie's bare hand, raised it up, and pointed to the bewildered goaltender's fingers, yelling, De Alder, you are lucky. And a legend was born. Yes, how's that for an accent, huh? <laughs> get ready, there's more. <laughs> Fusay managed to somehow get awarded several penalty shots throughout his career. One night after drawing his first, he stood at center ice and combed his hair. He then skated in on the goalie, but instead of shooting, he came to a complete stop took off his glove, and shook the goalie's hand. He then skated back to center ice, came back down, and took his shot, which, of course, he missed. (laughs) Still another time, he was issued a major and misconduct penalty. He decided he did not want to stay in the penalty box. He got up and left, and the referee, realizing he was not in the box, stopped the game, and a search party was organized. Pusey was found (laughs) walking around the halls of the arena. 
When asked why he did it, Pousset replied in his heavy French-Canadian accent, What's the fuss? Over a little thing like taking a walk? The penalty box. It was too hard. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Pousset and toot. I don't know if I'm laughing at you or at the actual story anymore. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, if it makes you feel better, Jerry, Pousset did eventually play in the NHL, skating for three teams, including winning a Stanley Cup with his beloved Canadians. In the offseason, he was a professional wrestler, and his antics in the squared circle would get him inducted into the Slam Wrestling Canadian Hall of Fame. And that, my friends, concludes this week's trip on the Zamboni Time Machine. Good Lord. <laughs> my, my accent's off. I can't help yeah. it. You, know? you, and, were and, you were fine. Yeah. You, know, you were fine. And, and I actually have French-Canadian blood in my, my ancestry. My well, ancestry I would be, a lot. Yeah. My <laughs> ancestry would be so she right now. What? I miss it. <laughs> He said that explains, explains a lot. Well, it does actually. You're right. All right. Oh, well, guys. Uh, no, uh, I love the neighbors to the north. I'm a fan. Don't worry. That's yep. right. So am I. Gotta love them. So am I. It was weird. Yeah, we, like I said, I went out to Buffalo this weekend, and you know, went, went out to Niagara Falls and checked everything out. It was weird looking at the Rainbow Bridge being like completely closed. Yeah. Yeah. It you is. know, it's like I'm I'm looking across the river and I see everybody over there, and I'm going. I just want to go visit. I just, can I just, just want to say hi and get some routine? Yeah, that's all I want. You know, that's all I want. <laughs> oh, well, there's uh, our closing music. So, guys, thanks for coming on. Dom, appreciate your pinch in, and uh, you're going to have to do this again sometime real soon. Ole, ole, ole. That's yeah, I'm in anytime. Right. That's right. I'm in anytime. Ole. It's a pleasure. Thank you, pal. So, next week, our guest is Kevin Shea. He was the co author of Derek Sanderson's autobiography, Crossing the Line. And we want to let you know that you can find us at martysillegalstick.com, mylittlefalls.com, on Facebook and Twitter at Marty's Illegal Stick Hockey Podcast, and all major podcast platforms under My Little Falls. New episodes debut every Thursday night. So for our friend Don Real, for Jeremy Roberts, for Dave the Save Warner, and of course for Mark Mowers, thank you for coming on. I'm Scott Kimball. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Go Rangers. (laughs) 